You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody! I don't know why I waved. But hi, hello, hello. Hello. Hi, it's Russ and my name is Lemon. Hope you're all safe and well. We're doing another live live show today because uh, the last one went well. Everyone loved it, so uh, we thought we'd do it again. And today I'm joined by West Ham fan TV. You know him all. It's Ryan Archer. How are Ryan? How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you so much for having me on, mate. I've uh, been looking forward to this. Oh, no, no, no. Absolute, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, for finding the time, obviously. Busy schedule, you know, because West Ham want to play every other day, it seems. And so for you on West Ham Fan TV, you know, there's lots of lots of content. So thank you for fitting in, uh, you, you know, between all the other stuff, really. No, anytime, mate. We're, we've been a bit, we ain't really been doing that much. We've been doing the Friday night show and a few shows here and there. But no, it's been nice to, lockdown, it was nice to have that little break from football because, Obviously, West Ham weren't in a good run of form. We just lost to Arsenal. Okay. Then we had lockdown. And then you sort of thought, ah, oh, football ain't coming back. Football ain't coming back. And then, bang, football comes back. And it's like, seems like West Ham are on every half hour. It does. You know what? I can't keep up. Honestly, I cannot keep up. I literally, like today, I look at my phone. Obviously, I knew today because I was keeping an eye out for the Villa, watch the Villa and Everton game. But usually, if it's nothing really affecting the bottom, we've had two or three games like in the day and it's like, when the fuck did that all happen you know what i mean it's like it's just it's just ridiculous but uh no it's it's all fun and games and as i said you know massive game tomorrow obviously huge game tomorrow um a little bit a little bit less pressure i mean it's huge pressure but a little bit less obviously with villa getting um conceding that sort of late equalizer so uh <sighs> see what it is. um if I could describe tomorrow it's like a playoff final isn't it whoever yeah. wins his premier league football yeah. next season the way i see yeah. it and uh I think sometimes West Ham, when the pressure's on them a bit, they sort of turn up. And I'm I'm hoping tomorrow that West Ham just have one big, massive performance in them. Because if we win tomorrow, the way the Villa result went earlier, we're six points clear. With goal difference, that's like an extra point. And yeah. then you can sort of, sort of relax for the Man United game a bit. And then hopefully go into that Villa game, four points clear, final day, whatever. And then we can just 
get this season over and done with, mate. Because it's been a it's been a terrible season. It has been. It has been a terrible season. But it's been for me. It's been a really. I mean, you know, we we I said just before we started. We we obviously criticised the Kerbishley years and the Allardyce years for you know. How dare they get us to 10th and 11th? You know, <laughs> fucking hell. You know, it's like, but I think I could have a couple of them for a season now, you know, get back to used to get used to sort of getting those 40 points, you know, well in advance and just uh, the, starting the, the cup the points. The weird thing is, mate, is that like we're coming towards the end of the drive. We should, we should be talking about pre-season games that we've just been battered in and uh, we ain't dealing, we've got the Premier League season. We're still in the same Premier League season. It's just crazy. It's been a mental year. It has been mental. And, you know, and the thing is also we don't, you know, we've got a situation now where we sort of finishing the season, but we don't really know when we're going back. I mean, yeah. they say sort of like mid-September is what I've heard, but it's just mental. The whole thing's just weird. And obviously, you know, will we get, I don't know, I was reading today, you know, it might be 40% fans they want to get in eventually or 30, you know, work their way up. And Well, I see today that England have just announced a friendly we're yeah. well on October the 8th with no fans. So. No. They're obviously planning without fans in October. So do they already know something that we don't? And they're already planning for sort of next season without fans, maybe the first half of the season. I hope not. You know, I'd love to see us all back. At, as much as we, some people don't like the London Stadium, you know, I'm I'm one of these. Look, it's, I'll just go there to watch West Ham. You yeah, know, exactly. You know, I'd rather be at the bowling ground. Of course I would. But, you know, I think we'd all maybe sort of appreciate it a bit more when we go back. Because when something's taken away from you and you can't go, it's it's tough, and we all want to be at football. We all want to be sitting in the in the stands, shouting at West Ham instead of sitting on our uh, settees doing it because they yeah. can't hear us. No, you can't. That's true, right? Well, no, it's always quite nice. Is at least you have like I know you do. Like, you know, people do the what you do the watch alongs and things like that. So you sort of have a little bit of that sort mm. of togetherness. Um, but you're right. You know, it's it, if anything, it highlights the importance of fans to football. Yeah, I think. <laughs> like yes, like typical example today. So that Everton game, just before that goal went in, Calvin Lewis um missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? It yeah. was like literally and you know, literally like three or four yards out and you missed it. And the guy on the obviously the guy doing the FIFA sounds pressed because it sounded like he, they sounded like they were celebrating a goal and they weren't. It was just because it was such a <laughs> you know and it See, was I don't, like, I, do you know what? I don't watch every West Ham game I've watched during lockdown, yeah. I watch it without the crowd noise. Really? Really? I prefer watching it without the crowd noise because I tried it on the first game against Wolves and I just didn't like it. Yeah. I thought, no, nah, do you know what? And it, it's actually quite nice to hear like the stadium and you can hear the players more and you can yeah. hear who's swearing, who don't, who's shouting. So it's, it's quite good. It's true. I know what you mean. Yeah, I do. Although being there, it's even weirder. And so I actually put on Sky Sports on my phone just to get the cra- little bit of crowd noise because it is so quiet. It's weird. You should put some headphones on or something and just play Benny Hill music in your yeah, head. Dude. I think that looks funny. Or, I, or the, the Spanish fleet. <laughs> you know, just like Homer Simpson. I know, I know, I know. But you see, you can actually see and almost hear the, the um, journos typing on mm. their computers. It's really weird. But um, we'll see. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day, and we're not talking about anything. We're talking about other nostalgia. You you guys deal with the current affairs. We do. I do nostalgia. That's my niche. Um, and so, obviously, what we do, every person uh, that we have on the show, um, we basically ask them. The first question is their journey. So, for you, right? You know, why West Ham? Why is West Ham your club? Um, I mean, look where I'm from. Uh, I don't think you have a choice to support. <laughs> no, you you brought. I was born in Canning Town, um, yeah. grew up in Canning Town, and 
obviously you have, you have a few mates one supports man united and you get one liverpool one arsenal but the majority of your mates all support west ham and your family support west ham and it's, it's your local club and um yeah it's just you know ever since it, it's mad because i remember when i was young i was about four or five and i can still remember clearly going down the barking road with my mum and i remember looking at west ham because you remember Say you're walking back from East Ham down the Barking Road. You know when you used to get to the Working Man's Club? You yeah, used to have yeah. that gap where you could see in the stadium. And I used to think to myself, ah, oh, do you know what? I can't wait. Can't wait to go there. I can't wait for my first game. And I still I still remember my first game clearly, mate. Um, you know, we played Everton at home. We drew two all. It was a Monday night game. Tony Cotty scored two goals. And, you know, I'll never forget that roar when Tony Cotty yeah. scored. And I just remember everything about that day. And it's just, you know, I'm 36 now and I can still remember that day clearly. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's And it's weird, isn't it? It's it, The football is, is we said a lot of time on this channel, it's secondary to, you know, we, we didn't pick West Ham for the football. We've, we've right. we backed the wrong horse if that's the case. But um, you're right, it's it's the experience, isn't it? It's like you see in the ground and obviously you're seeing it and you go past it all the time and you're a little kid and you go one day one day and then you're there and it's like it's just all these people shouting it's probably the only mm. time you could you could swear about getting a clip around the ear it's um, crazy because you never you never i remember it was a it was a monday night game and i remember i was sat in the uh centenary stand up yeah. i remember walking up to my seat and obviously it's a night i saw the floodlights i just remember how green it was the grass yeah. was bright green the floodlights and um it, do you know what even when i'm when i'm older I remember going to work, driving on the A13. Every time I used to go over the Betton flyover, I yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. To the right, and I could see the bowling ground. I know exactly what you mean. And, I know exactly and you know what, what you mean. Every single day, without foul, I would do that. Yeah. All the time, even when it, even when uh, we left there, and it was still there before it got knocked down, I'd still do it. But now yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I make sure now that I don't look because I, it's, you know, it's just a block of flats now. It's gone. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you mean. It's one of those things where uh, I do remember that. Yeah, you sort of get it just after you get the roundabout, and it just before you go over, just before you go past the uh, mm. the Formula One hotel and, and the and the Ibis, and you just saw you just get a glimpse, don't you? you just see yeah. over the top, and particularly and especially, if it, especially when you drive into a night game and the floodlights yeah. are already on, and you can just see how bright it is, and you yeah, you can't wait to get there. I'll park up in Cannon Town, run down the Barking Road. You know, and um, go and watch us lose. <laughs> <laughs> More often than not, but it doesn't matter, in it because at the end of the day, you know, we West Ham fans seem to be one of those groups. Doesn't I think you know there'd still be a massive proportion, whatever fucking league we're in. You know, they'd still go because it's the mate, it's your mates, and you know, mm. you've obviously made some great mates. West Ham fan TV, and you know, people you sit with, you've seen ticket mates, and you know, you interact with them and that's what i feel people people have missed yeah. i've lost i've missed that just because you know i see the same people but it's the same people with the mask on their face and you know and it's it's great it's lovely you know because obviously you're getting load of football ex-footballers there at the moment doing the commentary because they're the ones who are being used everywhere so you see all yeah. these fo this is great but it's just weird and you know you have to keep your distance and everything's a bit strange and you know we sit there and we're like all right okay let's put the music on let's you know and i'm thinking there's no one here you know it's like it must, be, video... it must be weird i mean for us watching it at home yeah we're sitting in our front room watching on a telly for you you're sort of sitting in your in the london stadium in in the box and you're sort of like looking at it and you're like in the stadium and it's on its yeah. own you're like it must yeah. be crazy 
it's a bit weird, but it's like, you know, I've always been, you know, I've always been sort of slightly detached from it all because you're sitting in a, in a, in a box, even at, even at the bowling, you know, I was in a box yeah. and it was like soundproof. So you don't really get that interaction, but you do get, uh, it is weirder. It is much weirder, particularly we don't hear it when a goal happens or, but you could, I could, I knew when we were at the, the music was loud enough because I can feel it through my feet and I can feel the fans when they're singing, it vibrates. It's like a metal box and I don't get that. And that's weird. You've got no. no I'll tell you what you can do tomorrow night. If Troy Deeney goes through one on one, just put some <laughs> loud music on. Um, make a loud noise. Boom. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the uh, I'll do the siren we used to do for the old uh, kicking it with kissing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> oh God! Then I just walk out. Right, well, that's me done. I'm sacked. Bye. But I've kept us up. Well, so yeah, you kept us up. You'll be an hero. Yeah, yeah exactly. You outside the London Stadium for you. There's a, there's a way to get some new subscribers, isn't there? Okay. I'll tell you what, we could re recreate the uh, 1966 West Ham fan. Will you put us on? We'll put you on our shoulders. Yeah. You, Nicky, me on top, obviously. Well, yeah, but we'll have to recreate. Obviously, you'll be yeah, able to put me on your shoulders, but yeah, <laughs> to pose for the bronze statue, but it doesn't matter. Oh, God. So, obviously, since that, since then, you know, go on, sit with you, say, man. Because of, no, I was going to say since then, obviously, you, you know, obviously all the West Ham fan TV stuff, which is great. And, you know, obviously supporting the Amers and, you know, are there any sort of sort of key moments or key memories that sort of stick in your head that are, you know, that, that may, maybe no one else had? Maybe obviously some of the stuff you did with West Ham fan TV, maybe some of the, the players you met or whatever when you've been doing the interviews and stuff. Yeah, I mean, doing the channel obviously it's um it's great because uh, we get to meet a lot of people like fan wise. Yeah. You know, we get to talk yeah. to a lot of uh, fans, and I, I remember I'll never forget we started off just before uh, our first full season was the last at the bowling, but the season oh, okay. before that we started off sort of the end to sort of to, uh, the end of the season, last yeah. four or five games just to get us into it. Then we come back and we had that bowling, and honestly, I'll never forget that. First game of that season, Arsenal away. Um, there was me, Nicky, and Graham at the game, and obviously yeah. we've got our camera, got the mic. We're not, we're not expecting to um, win at Arsenal. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we went there. I remember filming with Arsenal fan TV, um, build up to the game, and they said, "Who's the two players we need to look out for?" And I said, "Diafra Sacco, yeah, and Dimitri Payet." <laughs> yeah. Now, bearing in mind. I only seen Dimitri play in a couple of preseason <laughs> games. And honestly, that day, everything went right. We won 2 0. I remember coming outside the Emirates and the fans were just all over us. Yeah. And, and their memories will always stay with me. That season, we had great wins at City, at Anfield. Um, obviously, Everton away that season when we come back from 2 0 down. Oh, yeah. they're, they're memories that I'll always remember. And. And as you said, you know, I've been fortunate enough to interview some. I mean, I've seen you, you've interviewed some of you. And when you interview these ex players, it's like you don't need to sort of build up for it or prepare for it because you'll sort of know what yeah. you're going to say because you're just a fan at the end of the day. And these, some of these players are your, are your heroes. And last yeah. year, I, I got to interview Frank Lampard Sr., you know, and honestly, it was sitting opposite him, thinking to myself, you know, he's won the FA Cup for West Ham yeah. twice. You know, he's he's an absolute legend of the club. He doesn't get mentioned enough, and maybe that's because he's a prank, you know, but he's up there with 
Billy Bonds and Bobby Moore and all, all them legends for, for West Ham. And yeah. great. You know, you've interviewed John Artson, you know, I, I'm, I interviewed John Artson as well when we first started and, and that was unreal. You know, I'm sitting there uh, talking to one of my heroes that I loved growing up. Yeah. And um, I've had some amazing opportunities doing this channel. You know, I, got, I was lucky enough to play in uh, the Isla Caton charity game last yeah. year, uh, yeah. you know, and I got to play in the same team as all these West Ham players managed by Julian Dix, who's my yeah. hero, you know, yeah. and it was all to raise money for, for little Isla, you know, and yeah. it, uh, to be part of that is their memories that I'll never lose. You know, this channel could end tomorrow. I'll still be going West Ham home and away, yeah. but I always have these memories to look back on. Yeah, no, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. It's uh, it, it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? I mean, is it? I mean, this is only. I mean, this channel, Christ, like compared to you, and this is only being. This is a baby, a toddler. So I've been going like eight weeks, but um, but it's yeah, it's just incredible, you know. But also, I just think it's incredible, not just the players, but the fans and like people. It was a bit like yourselves giving giving your time to chat and got you know. I, I spoke to. I've got a great episode coming up um tomorrow, um from the Indian Hammers. Right. Now, honestly, man, it's it opens up your eyes, you know, about what they go through to get a group. You know, I mean, you, you know, I mean, you probably I don't know, how many, how many, how many thousand subscribers as, as West Ham fan TV? You know, a uh, fair few. Yeah, I think we're coming up to fifty-two now. 52, mental, yeah, mental. Um, and you know, and and Addy, who I spoke to, he's honestly, you know, what he's gone through to try and get a group of. Indian hammers is is immense. Honestly, we'll keep. I, I spoil it for anyone because it's coming out tomorrow. But it really yeah. get it will get you proper in the mood for West Ham. I, lo I love the, I love all international hammers. I mean, I don't. Oh, you know, we when we first started, we used to have um, a few like international hammers on. But lately, mm. we're in, and I'd like to maybe sit down with a few because I meet them at all games. You know, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. And they're, they're, some of them don't like coming on camera. That's no. fair enough. They they'd rather talk to me behind the camera or in the pub or whatever, yeah. and that's fair enough. But it's um, yeah. See, look, there's always downsides to what we do. You know, there's we've had issues before, and not everyone likes what we do. But look, mm. as I said, I don't like Coronation Street, so I don't watch it. No. I can't moan about it. So, and and listen, all we are with fans, we're, we're not we're not professional pundits you know we're, oh, we're as much it hurts us when we lose as much as it hurts the next person you know yeah no i know what you mean i know what you mean and it is is but as you said it's 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 if you you enjoy doing it people you know 50 odd thousand people enjoy watching it if you don't watch don't like it don't subscribe and and simple <laughs> it's, it? it's simple it's the away days when we've lost and you're yeah. everyone goes home but we're still outside an hour later and then we have to walk back to our cars and you're like the worst one this season for me was when we, we lost 3-0 at Burnley. And I remember it was freezing cold. You know, Roberto <laughs> punched one in his own net. We oh, got a five-hour journey home. And I'm like, oh, do you know what? I think to myself, oh, is it worth it? But then yeah. next week we win. And I think, yeah, it is worth it. I love doing it. Yeah. And everyone wants to talk to you then when you've won, innit? Yeah. Everyone wants their own opinion. When, when we've lost, no people, one wants to. People, no, do you know what? It's funny. People seem to want to talk more when we lose than really? when we win. That's well, why they come over. Like, oh, I've got Sarah to say today. That <laughs> David boys, that this, that, other. Oh, mate, when we're winning, come over. But I think that, but that's like me with, with Arsenal fan TV. It's my guilty pleasure when Arsenal mm. lose is to watch that because the next day, because you know, it's like, 
well, not like Claude. Claude's been chat out, hasn't he? He's um, he's been yeah. after after having last time. But you know, like all of them just have a moan up with it, and I love it watching because it's it just <laughs> it makes me laugh because you just know they're going to have a moan up about you know. And this, I mean, I think we're a bit biased, but I don't think there's a, as much as a schism. Yeah, that's that's a that's a posh word, isn't it? Schism. I think we're I think we're starting to uh, win around the older generation a bit because I think when yeah. we first started, obviously the older generation weren't really used to YouTube and things like no. that. It's all fanzines and things like that, and I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still reading like Overland and seeing that even when I was doing yeah. this. I, but we're starting to win win around the old fans. Uh, the older generation because I think they're getting used to sort of like the social media side and, and yeah. things like that. And and we get a lot of people come over to us now, people that didn't really like us in the beginning. But now they they meet us off camera and they can just see that we're we're normal. We're not flash, you know. We as you said, we might have fifty two thousand subscribers, but I don't care if we had one mate, you know, as long yeah. as as long as one person tunes in and enjoys what we do, that's all that matters. Exactly. And that's the same with this. I mean this this kind of, as I said, little silly idea. Um sitting in the Marks and Spencer's car park waiting for my wife on shopping one Sunday. And it just became this sort of this, mm. this crazy, crazy thing. And, uh, you know, exactly. I'm glad, I'm glad you was just doing that in the car park, mate, and not anything else. Yeah. Well, you know, there's well. security, there's security cameras up, right. You know, you know, <laughs> I'm a married man. I'm a father, same as you, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, and, it, and that's what I love. I love this. I love, listening to you know because obviously you're sending sending out these videos and you're talking to fans all over the world different ages and you just see the reaction they have and and you know and it's it, it starts debate it starts uh, you know people talking about favorite players and memories and that's all it's about man you know it's like we've got everyone's got a different journey you know everyone's yeah. got a different story no one's gonna have the same no. stories are they no one's gonna have the same sort of um memories and and things like that and that's a good thing that is the good thing yeah exactly i mean the the, the origin journey is more than anything no one's the same you know i mean yeah you were born in canning town but yeah you know, I other to make something more exotic and further like <laughs> you said the indian hammers or yeah uh, but yeah, Australian yeah. Hammers, the american hammers Canning Town. <laughs> Canning Town. Yeah, Canning Town. It was like oh, when we were talking, yeah, talking to some of the uh, the US hammers and literally it's the game they saw. and Or even even fans who have been fans for, you know, 60 years, you know, and you say, why West Ham? They said, well, I was watching Match of the Day uh, or the big match and West Ham were playing in the 65 Cup final. Mm. It, I like the, I like this, I like the kit. And it's yeah. like, okay, well, <laughs> okay, that's it. And from then on, they've been fans or... You know, I, I when I went to the, the guy from the um, Addy from the uh, Indian Hammers, he was saying that you know he had a, they got a spike in their membership when we signed Payet because mm. obviously he he then became and even like throughout that season, um, and I sort of I said well people will scoff at that a little bit because you know they're only doing it for the for a player but I know I've heard stories from lifelong West Ham fans who watched the '66 Cup final and then went. I like that Martin Peters. Who does Martin Peters play for? Oh, well, I'll support them. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's just cyclical, but it's just in the modern day, you think, oh, fair weather fans. But actually, people are doing it for years to come. Um, and it, and it's really, really interesting seeing people's different journeys and how they've come to be a West Ham fan and, and how much 
a chance meeting or, you know, match of the day. And they look up that second and it was West Ham versus Liverpool and they picked West Ham, not Liverpool. And 70 years later, they're still supporting the same club. It's, I bet they're thinking now, I wish City would have been <laughs> yeah, on first. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that Liverpool team. Look, they had something about them then. I don't know why, but uh, no, it is what it is. Um, so obviously, we the whole idea of the channel is the Hammers 11. Yeah, that's, that, that's what people turn in for. They like to hear the story, but they like to talk about the 11 players or the person we're interviewing. Um, the only rule is basically you have to be alive to have seen and play. So we all don't put Bobby Moore in our team because we all yeah. would. If you, you know, your greatest team, whatever, it'd be Bobby Moore, Parks, and, da, 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 and, and the, the club are doing one at the, at the moment, the ultimate 11. Good idea. Don't know who came up with that idea, but well done. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, it's the same thing. So, you know, but I do a bit differently. I like, and I've done it differently for the last eight weeks and yeah. 100, uh, 120 guests um, because I just think it gets some variety. So, obviously, we're going for a different formation because I'm getting like, I'm getting a little bit, um, a little bit soft in my old age, I think, Ryan, to be honest. Um, we're going for a 3 1 4 2, I believe. Yeah. Tactical genius. Tactical genius. Players in the same team, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's been a, it's a bit, it's been, a, a, you know, talking to Ryan before we started, it's been, it's been a tricky time, you know, he's been taking, you know, three or four decisions, you know, in terms of positions, he's changed his team, for, you know, three or four times, so always getting down now before he changed his mind again. Yeah, yeah I probably would have. If you, if you had to give me another half hour, I probably would have. <laughs> right, okie dokie. So let's start with between the sticks. Now, who are we going to have? between the sticks for the Archer 11. Do you know what? This this was probably one of my most difficult decisions because, I, you know, when I first started going West Ham, big Ludo was in goal. Yeah. Love Ludo. And I've, I've been lucky enough to see some good goalkeepers at West Ham down the years. You know, Shaka, who you interviewed the other day, Rob Green. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go for Lucas Fabianski as my Ooh. number one. Um, the reason why I think there's, there's no... You know, he was hammer of the year last year for a reason. Mm. You know, I just think he's a great goalkeeper. And I think he's probably, shot stop wise, I think he's the best I've seen at West Ham. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. I agree. He, no, has, I agree. he has won us more points, you know, than I think mm. most goalkeepers have had down the years. You know, I've looked for, I even go back to sort of like David James. I and mean, I, I like David James when he played for us. But it was tough because I love Ludo. Love it. We still sing about him now. He's, he's a yeah. fan. Favorite. He was an absolute legend of West Ham, but I just went for Lu Lucas Fabianski because, and I, it showed this season when we lost him how important he was. Oh, you're right. I yeah. If he, if he wouldn't have got injured, we'd be nowhere near the bottom. Now we'd probably be flirting with like breaking, trying to break into Europe. Just shows the importance of a goalkeeper as well. You know the effect it has on the whole team. You know the fact that you know someone like, you know. I think I think before he got injured, I think we I didn't I mean he's a good keeper, no doubt about that. You know he saved us the points, but I didn't appreciate how good he was because obviously him him he brings confidence to the centre backs and defence, and then the midfield feel more confident because the centre backs are more confident, and it just filters it all the way through. And I think with Fabianski, um, you know, as soon as he got back, you just saw the team just seemed yeah. Some of the saves, like, some of the saves, like especially when you're at the games to see them, yeah, and you don't appreciate him at the time. It's not until you watch him back on match of the day or um, later on in the night. And you see when some of the, the shots, shots he's saved one-on-one -on -one yeah. reaction saves. And yeah. I, I've just, it's been a pleasure to see him play for West Ham. Cause he had this tag, didn't he? Of uh, Flappianski when he was at Arsenal, yeah. and he went to Swansea and he was relegated with Swansea, but yeah. he got their player of the season. So, yeah. 
he's such an important player for West Ham and uh, I'm just going to go for Lucas Fabianski on, on, on that basis. But I love yeah. Ludo, a lot of love for Ludo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. We're doing a, I'm going to do a, um, we're doing a sort of an update thing soon of like, we've had about 120, 110 people, um, sort of interviews. And yeah, it's interesting to see the, who are the top and who are doing, because obviously it's a generational thing as well. So yeah, yeah Ludo comes up top, but so does, so does yeah, Phil Parks and the older generation. And But I, I agree. Fabianski was in my 11 because I just think he was technically the best goalkeeper I've seen at West Ham in my, yeah. in my era. I love Ludo, but actually watching back, I'm going to get lots of haters, but watching back, he flapped a little bit. He didn't look at it, you know. For me, mate. My granddad called him Loopy Ludo for a reason. And uh, and uh, I love him. Lovely bloke. Lovely bloke. But there was a few times. Sometimes he was mesmeric. You know, the Man United, always when he played Man United, he was he was the world's best goalkeeper. Yeah, I think as well, the goalkeeper is the most, is the toughest position on the oh, pitch. God, yeah. but the striker can miss 10 opportunities, but he can score the winner and he'll be an hero. Goalkeeper, yeah. I can save 10 shots in a game, concedes one in the last minute. And, you know, he's remembered for that. So... Yeah. Same as Rob, some, like Rob Green in his England career, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. One through his legs, and that's it. But um, yeah. all right, we'll put Fabianski in goal. Right, three centre backs. Go on, who are you going to go first? You talk uh, on the go. right. I'm going to yep. go for Steve Potts. Oh, I love Steve Potts. And the reason I'm going to go for Steve Potts is because one thing I loved about Stevie Potts, you know, he was um, he was one of the main players at West Ham when I first went. Yeah, and I just remember what I loved about him was he wasn't big he wasn't tall he was only five foot six five foot seven and you know i used to look at him and he used to out jump six foot strikers you know and i just loved the way he played he never bottled out of a tackle no. played over 500 games for west ham he only got the one goal against or was it whole city, whole wasn't city. It? through the legs yeah yeah someone yeah. i someone i interviewed it was his first game was that game and i was like what a game to be your first game yeah. the, the one game steve Potts scored but yeah but I just, I just love Stevie Potts, you know. I, he could play anywhere across the back. He could play mm -hmm. right back, centre back. Or I've seen, I see him filling at left back a couple of times um, when Julian was injured in the early days. Um, and I just, I just love Stevie Potts, you know. And I was funny. Enough, I was talking about the Isla Caton game earlier. Stevie Potts was in that team, and I got to play alongside, well, in front of him. And uh, I just remember me him and Christian Daly doing a little triangle in our own six-yard box. And I was like. Oh I love God. this. That's <laughs> stuff dreams are made out of, yeah. isn't it? You, Daly and Potts. Uh, oh, my God. Honestly, Stevie Potts, for me, was um, was a great... I think he was very underrated as well. Totally, totally. Very underrated at uh, mm. West Ham. Uh, he had some big names al alongside him, you know, Alvin Martin, mm. uh, players like that. But, no, just... Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Stevie Potts on the right side. Yeah, no. And obviously, you know... And it's part of the under 23 setup, isn't he? So um yeah. it's great to see, you know, because I think he's a great, he's a he's a lovely man. And I just think mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it's and we seem to be doing that more and more. We seem to be getting the ex-players involved in the, you know, it's obviously Kevin Keane's back, but you've got obviously Colton and Paul Kincheski and Zavon yeah. and and Kevin Nolan as well. You know, that, I and think I think that's great. I think it, it you know, because they can pass on their knowledge to the yeah. to the kids, not only on the pitch, but what they know about the club and the history of the oh, club. Totally. And their stories and how they made it and, and games they've played in, because then that spurs on the youngsters think, I want to play in games like that. I want to play in the big game to West Ham. Of course. And that's only going to help us as a as a club, you know. And I think mm. it's uh, long may it continue, you know. And it's, you know, obviously people like Jack is over in Atlanta and I'd love him back in the fold. And, and you know, I just think there's, I just think it's the way to go, you know. Um, 
kind of been funny when you know before our time you know greenwood lyle you know boyce they all came from the from from the club yeah. and you know and it and it's the way to go for us that's for sure right okay potsy's in who's next right in the center i'm gonna yeah. go for, and this was a this was another tough de- decision uh because i was between two and i i'll tell you i'll go oh, i went for and then i'll tell you after i nearly went for go i'm gonna then. go Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. And the reason oh, I'm going for Rio Ferdinand. Look at that picture. Oh, look at that picture. Him. Look oh, at him. him. And that's how I remember him. Me too. Me too. Do you know what? The thing is with Rio, uh, he was just something different at that time for West Ham because he was he was skinny, he was tall, but he wanted to play football on the floor. He yeah. wanted to get that ball and just try it. He'd make mistakes. All, oh, yeah. all make mistakes, but he never let it affect him. And he had, he had so many... He played alongside Bilic, who helped him out. Alvin Martin at the time as well, who yeah. helped him progress. But at that time, Rio was just, you know, he was saying different. And every player that I've spoke to that played with Rio, um, said, said exactly the same thing. He's like a Rolls totally. Royce. Yeah. So he was just so comfortable on the ball at such a young age. And I think, didn't he won Hammer of the Year when he was like 19 or something, something like, like that. that? Yeah, mental. Absolutely you know, mental. That, that year that he won it, the players we had in that squad, in that team, and he won it. He was unbelievable. And do you know what I've loved about him? Ever since he left the club, he's never had a bad word saying no, it. Never slagged us off. No. Never forgets his roots. And do you know, it'd be nice one day to maybe have him involved. I know he loves his media side of it, but someone like him at the club would do do the youngsters, not even the youngsters, the first team one. Yeah. You know, yeah, a yeah, yeah. coach and that. But I just loved him. I love Rio. Loved him. Yeah. And I, yeah, I thought he's great. Yeah, totally agree. It was a pleasure oh, to watch him, not only him, but you had obviously young Frank, you know, all them players. Because I, I remember going to the training ground, you know, to since that was my era. I used to watch it. Remember how you used to go to Chad Weef and you could just walk in there. You could stand yeah. by the fence. And I remember even after training, you used to see them go and scrub boots and sweep the change mm-hmm. room. There. You know, it wasn't about money for them back then. It was about, you mm-hmm. know, you used to see young Frank out kicking balls and, you know, with with the Canio and and things like that, and there's no surprise that, especially Rio, why they went to the very top and they had the career that they had. Yeah, totally. And it, and it's it's funny you um you know I've interviewed like obviously people who played in that era with them, and you know obviously you know they obviously interviewed Anton and uh, and Anwar Udin, who was part of the youth team, um and, and he was like he said about something about Frank as well. You know those guys just trained so much harder and you could tell they just wanted it um and yeah i mean rio was rio wasn't he, he was one of those players he you know you get that don't you from west ham fan you get a young boy coming i mean i felt the sort of not the same about it but you know when you get someone like i know when deck starts when mm. he started playing and when when ngaki are playing ngaki can't we talk about him but when he start you know and you see after about half a game you think this boy's all right this boy's yeah. quite good. And then the first question is, how long can we keep him for? That's that's literally, you know, it's like with that Rio, that whole Rio thing and, and Joe first, and Frank. My first ever glimpse of Rio was the uh, Youth Cup final against Liverpool, Upton yeah. Park. And uh, I remember seeing him uh, there and just watching him and you just straight away think, yeah, he's going to he's gonna break into the first team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he did. And, and just he just knew. And I mean, when I saw, I mean, I remember seeing Deck at the under-23s and... Um, he was head and shoulders above everyone. Not, I wouldn't say necessarily the, you know, in terms of talent, but just in terms of leadership quality and stuff. You can see he was just ordering everyone around, and yeah. you don't get that in kids, you know, right. sort of that. And again, sort of John Terry type 
you know, captaincy, which we haven't got um, England or West Ham. So, you know, it's, it's you can see them at early age. And then even when I spoke to, I don't know, people like, oh, I can't remember, John Moncur and people like that. And I said, what's it like when you see when these young players, when they turn up for training and you bring them in and like them or Joe Cole, people, he went, you just know. You know, mm. we just, you just, you can see it. And with Rio, you just saw it at an early age. And um, yeah, no, he's a great player. Great player. I'm privileged to have seen him at, at, at such an early age. Mm. Um, okay, right. So Rio is in. Uh, who's your third centre back? We're playing back three. Well, on the left side, there's only one man for me. It's Julian Dix. Oh, Vladimir Levant. No, um, Julian <laughs> Dix. <laughs> well, I was thinking of Ravzan Rat, whatever his name was. Oh, that's, that was Charlie Walsh's one. He put Ravzan <laughs> Rat in. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to listen. Yeah. Julian Dix for me sums up everything what it is to be a West Ham fan. You know, you haven't got to have the most skill. You haven't no. got to have the most pace. You, all you need is heart, passion, fight, desire, you know, everything. As soon as you cross that white line, the only thing that matters is winning the game of football for West Ham. You don't care who's in front of you. And Ju- Julian, for me, um, he was he was my first hero, my yeah. first footballing hero, you know. And as I said, my first game, when I went to see him, I see him now. You know, I've, the only time I'd ever seen him was in Hammers News or on the telly. And I get to see him live and, you know, seeing him at the left back spot with a number three on and shaving it. I used to shave my hair off when I was younger. I used yeah. to rip my shirts. Like, <laughs> honestly, all my shirts, I had Dick's number three on the back. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to to meet Julian a few times. And and he was, as I say, he was the manager of the Island Caton football game so i'm sitting in the change room i've got all these ex-players around me i don't care about him i'm I'm looking at julian and and still to this even now i still get shy around him i've never yeah. been one that has ever been phased by like footballers or famous people whatever but the same about julian i don't know what it is about him but it, it might be that i always think he's going to give you a whack or something yeah. like that but and i just i just love him you know i can't speak highly enough of him honestly yeah no i, I agree he, i mean you know we again we weren't around for the the billy bonds sort of playing days he he's sort of my billy bonds character yeah. do you know what i mean he's just like he's and in what sh- what shows me the effect he's had on west ham the longevity is when you interview other ex-players so like for example i mean mark ward is a classic example mark Ward basically his 11 was the 86 team yeah. apart from julian dix playing left back and he was like if we had julian dix it wouldn't have been if we won the league, but by how many points we'd have won the league because that's how much they hire him in in this sort of regard. And that's so important. I just find it when players talk about players who I like, it just gives me an extra sense. Because obviously we 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 idolise really anyone who wears a West Ham shirt, we'd yeah. all love to be in that position, you know, regardless of whether they're Roberto or you know, it, you know, they they they're they're in a position that we would love to be in. And so um to, when players start talking about how good they are, how good the, their sort of teammates are, it really does put it on another level for me into and Dixie, yeah, it's that old saying in it. If you play for the name on the front of the shirt, they always remember the name on the back. Nice. And fans, you know, we, you know, when Julian come back to the club under Billich in the coaching staff, yeah. it was great to see him back. And, I, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, Mark Noble's testimonial, when I see Julian on the pitch, I actually got a little bit emotional because yeah. you know, the fans that day were still singing his name and Julian, bear, bless him, he, you know, he could hardly walk. But even for that 10 minutes, he felt like a 20, 23, 24 year old Julian. And yeah. it's a shame that his career was cut short i think he retired at like was it 29 something uh, like that yeah really young yeah really. but i remember his testimonial against bill bell and it all kicking off and i'm thinking 
of course this is Julian Dixie's testimonial. Of course he's kicking <laughs> off. Uh, I love him. I, w- I wish I wish that we could. You don't get players like that. No, nah, you don't. Julian I, wouldn't last in today's game. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I uh, I interviewed uh, I interviewed Martin Allen and I was like, "What's your favorite? What was your favorite game um, playing for West Ham?" And he said, "West Ham versus Wimbledon," and it was basically it was like a twenty-two man brawl in the middle of the pitch, and then it just descends, it just disappeared. It all finished. Literally, the ref played on. You know, started again. I think Dennis Wise got the ball, and Julian basically put him about six foot up in the air and just walked off because he knew he was going to get a red card. And it's like but that, that was. That was an era where I think West players were relatable to us. As you said, Julian, you could see, I mean, I could see walking to, I don't know, uh, the drill or whatever. I don't even know in church. So I know, the drill or something like that. You walk in and you'd see, you could see he could be in the butt in the pub, you know, and yeah. it's like, and you can have a, you think you're actually having a drink with him. I don't get that same sort of feeling with Sebastian Haller no. or you know what I mean and it's like yeah. Julian and John Moncur and Ian Bishop and these types of players it's because know. I think that type of era of player that you know if you speak to him now and obviously the money's much better now but if you said to him would you swap playing in your era for today's era yeah nine times out of ten they say no nah, true they love their era because that was when football was football you yeah. know and I love the stories about Julian not coming out to warm up sitting yeah. in the bath you know, Mars bar, 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 bar. Yeah. yeah, it's so true though. It's like they all say that. It's like it was. It's amazing when you think about that. But he was like us, you know. He just seemed like us as a, as you know, that's what we would do on a Sunday Sunday league game, mm. wouldn't you? You having a have cheeky, a f- little, having a cheeky little fag at halftime with exactly. That's, that's, that was it. And that's why they were relatable. I think, and I was talking to someone and they were talking about music and they said, basically when you're 16 or 17, some 15, 16, that's the type of music you love the most. Mm. And I think it's same true with the footballers. You know, you think oh, about yeah. your era, 15, 16, 17, that was Julian. That was, you know, for me, John Moncur and people like that. And those are the people I, I get more nervous talking to than oh, Ray Stewart. Do you know what I mean? Because I was never around to see Ray Stewart play, but, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great fun. That's why I love his channel because you just reminisce about the mm. plays you love talking about. Right, okay, that's your back three goalie. Um, you've got yeah, defensive midfielder then. Yeah, I'm going to play the one in front. Yeah, um, I'll probably get a bit of stick for this because I know he's not everyone's favourite, but I don't know. How you can't love this boy. I've gone for Mark Noble. Yeah. Um, the thing with. Mark Noble is sort of the same as sort of Julian Dix. We know he's not the quickest. We know no. he's not the skillfulest, but he gives everything. You know, mm. I know he's coming to the end of his career. I know that. But for me, you've got that picture there. That's how I remember young Mark, you know. And, yeah. and I think for me, where we're from the same area, like literally you live around the corner from me. You know, we yeah. grew up in the same sort of uh, places. We played football in the same places. And, you know... This boy is if he if he appears tomorrow would have played five hundred games yeah. for the club that he, he will be. Didn't he? he will be. I, you know, I, I I honestly I don't think it's I don't think it was. You know, he, he didn't come on for the worst name game, did he? For the Newcastle game, he said, mm. and it, it it was all made. I think it's made for him to do the fifth. He's got to do the five hundred at home. Yeah. It's it'll be on. It'll be on I mean, sometime tomorrow. You're talking about. You bought, imagine me and you now sitting here saying we've played for West Ham 500 times. Imagine saying it, we've played for him once. Yeah. This boy has done it 500 times. He's probably got another season in him. So, but he would always go down in our history. People talk mm. about legends of the club and all right, we haven't won anything under Mark Noble. We've won the playoffs and things like that. Um, but people 
see when people say Tevez is a legend, but then I hear the same people say Mark Noble's not a West Ham legend. Yeah. This boy will always be in our history, and he was the last captain at the Bowling. No one could ever take that away from him. No. In a hundred years' time, they'll still be saying, "Oh, who's the look captain, Mark Noble?" Yeah. You know, and he he gives everything. I know sometimes people might look and think, "Oh, he's not giving; he's too slow and all that." But trust me, this boy loves West Ham. Oh, believe and me. Yeah. There's, there's no. You can't be a bad football player if you've had so many managers and they've picked you every time. Yeah, you're right. And people say about, oh, but he's never had no one come in for him. Maybe because these teams might know that Mark Noble might never want, want to leave West Ham. Yeah. So I, I think Mark Noble, I'm not saying Mark Noble's good enough to play for a top four team, but there, there's been, other, he could have left West Ham and gone and played for a mid-table team, a team sort of around us. Of course he could have. But Mark Noble might not want to leave West Ham. He, I know people say, oh, look back on your end of your career, what trophies you won, he'll look back and think, I play for my club. Yeah, I captain. I captain my club. Yeah. You know, he'll never have to buy a ticket ever to go and see West Ham <laughs> again. You know, yeah. whether he decides to go to the media or join the coaching staff after, um, that's up to him. But he'll always be, for me, a, a legend at West Ham. And yeah. talking about him as a player, I think it showed on against Norwich on Saturday when people say, oh, people say, all right, it's only Norwich, but we've seen him do it in other games. You know, he just, he can pass a ball, mm. you know, he's not, he's not, a, he's not a shit player, nah. you know? And I think that season at the last at the bowling, it meant so much to him. Yeah. He, everyone raised their game that season, but he raised it that little bit more because he knew how important that last season was to us fans. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And for me, he, um, he, I mean, I know firsthand how much he loves the club, you mm. know, because I, I mean, I, I was for, obviously I was fortunate enough to, to be at the games and then we closed doors. That Chelsea game, he wasn't in the, he wasn't in the team. And I, and he, I'm gutted I didn't take a picture of it because, or, or video, because everyone would have like thought it was amazing. But he was sat in the, in the disabled seats, the protest bit, I always call it. Mm. <laughs> and, and you saw him and, and David Martin, I think they were, you know, it's always already socially distanced because you've got the gaps in between for the wheelchairs and, and the able-bodied people. And he was sat there and when that last goal went in, yeah, I saw the goal and I turned and looked at Mark and he, it was almost like he was punching. He could punch a hole through that wall. He yeah. was like, you know, it was like, and just so much, joy and happiness and you just and then as soon as that final whistle got he leapt over the barrier and literally ran down into the tunnel uh he couldn't go quick enough you know that's probably the quickest he's run all season but regardless <laughs> of that I, I know what you mean the man's a legend and i i, I think the word legend gets banded around yeah. far too much in football he is a legend and tomorrow will be, i think he, he will um, kent iron sums it up well now i said yeah. uh, most people won't appreciate him until he's actually gone because yeah. believe me now you will never see another player like Mark Noble no. at West Ham play that many games in in this era of football. No. Never. I don't, think, I, I don't think he's even seeing the Premier League, you know, no. coming on because, like, you know, again, you know, I, um, having a as you mentioned the testimonial, having a testimonial is such an. I, I can think of three, maybe four in modern era. Uh, I can think of Mark Noble, Vincent Company, Carragher. I think Gary Neville had one. I think as well, you, you sound about a testimonial there. I mean, Mark Noble could have easily had his testimonial at the London Stadium. Could yeah. have easily had it, but he wanted it at the bowling because yeah. forget Mark Noble, the West Ham player. He's a fan as well. Yeah, you know, He loves the football club. His family, you know, they're all West Ham through and through. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I've been lucky enough to meet Mark Noble a couple of times and speak to him. And I, you can just tell. And for me, when I look at Mark Noble, I see a fan on the pitch mm. loving playing for his club. And listen, I love Declan Rice, but we know Declan Rice is probably not going to be here in two or three years' time because he will leave the club to go on to bigger and better things, unfortunately. Hopefully I'm wrong. I'd love to see Declan stay at West Ham, but we know it ain't going to happen. But, yeah, yeah, I just, you know, it really winds me up when people really slate Mark Noble, you know. I understand, look, there's been times where I'd criticise Mark Noble for a performance. Yeah. You know, because you can only judge players on every game, on each game, sorry. You know, so if Mark Noble has a good game, but then I hate it when Mark Noble has a good game, but the Mark Noble haters still sort of slay him. Yeah, you know, I, just, I, I know what you mean. It's it's frustrating. I, I don't like hearing it. But then I, I used to sit, sit behind some bloke that used to slate Mark Noble week in, week out, right? But he turned up to his testimonial. Yeah. And I said, well, why are you here if you don't like him? Well, no, you know, I do appreciate him. And I will do it on match days. Get behind yeah. him for a change. Yeah. It's, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, I and mean, it, it, it's all these things. But I mean, you know, we know he's he's praying he ain't gonna have one more season. No. Um, you know, we we the blueprint is already there, isn't it? Really, Suchek, Rice, and one other. If we stay up, yeah. You know, whether if we need a bit more steel, Mark comes in. If we yeah. need something else, we put four nails in. Or, you know, it's it's set up nicely. And um, as, as, as much as 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 much as Mark l- loves playing football. If you said to him, if there's players better than you, oh, yeah. he'd rather start them. You know, he'd rather say, yeah, they're better than me. You know, yeah. like you said at the Chelsea game, wasn't in the squad. You know, he, he, I know he was injured, but even when he was on the bench for, was it the Newcastle game? Mm. Was he on the bench? You know, he, could, he, he, he didn't moan. He's just happy to be there. You know, he's he's got, yeah. well, he knows he's only got a year left. Football yeah. career short. We all know that. He's been lucky enough to play 500 times for the club that he loves. You know, any yeah. of us now would give anything to have one game. Of course. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But yeah, it'll be, I'm 99.9% sure it'll be tomorrow. It'll be his 500. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to think they would do it. At, they wouldn't do it away to Norwich. You know, <laughs> you know, it's always like, he just doesn't have the same appeal as, as, as your home ground, albeit mm. no fans there, but I'll be there. I'll clap him. Yeah, it's um, a shame. It's a shame that the stadium won't be packed. Yeah, but... it's what it is. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. To do about it. Uh, right. Okay. Nobs is in. Let's go. Let's go for your your midfield. Your midfield four. All right on the on the right side. Uh, yeah. We get through these a bit quicker. On the right side, <laughs> I've gone for uh, tricky Trev. Trevor oh, Singer. I love tricky Trev. Um, honestly, I, I remember his debut. We played Everton at home. He scored yeah. two on his debut. No, I, I remember how excited I was when we signed him because I think we only paid like 1.75 million or something silly like that. Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, obviously, you remember Trevor from his QPR days, the yeah. kicks and things like that. But uh, the thing is with Trevor Sinclair, I just loved at that time that he used to get his head down and he just take it past people with ease. And the first yeah. thing he looked to do is get it in that box, you know, or, or have a shot. You know, when he scored two on his debut against Everton, you know, you think to yourself, oh, we've got, we got a bargain here. Yeah, but yeah. He gives so much for West Ham and, and he loved playing for, for for West Ham. He loved playing for the fans. He played for the badge. He loved his teammates. I've never heard anyone really say a bad word against no. him. You know, he, he give everything. He was a, And he was a... I, I think he was another player that was a bit underrated at West Ham at the time because 
I mean, what I remember as well is that even in the build up to the season before we got relegated, you know, he was in the World Cup squad for England in in the in Japan, and he started against Argentina. And I'll never forget how proud I was to see mm. a West Ham player in it because at that time mm. West Ham players didn't get a look in. No. But there you've got England versus Argentina in the World Cup, and we we beat them one 0 and Trevor Trevor Sinclair's in the starting lineup. No, I totally, I, 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 I totally agree. He was, he would be my eleven. I, I loved him. Uh, I love the way he was. Also, I love players who are, you know, they say a really good player can play anywhere, and Trevor could do that. I mean, he played yeah. obviously. He's, I think he plays like wing back sometimes for it, or sort of on the right. You know, he sort of played it a bit like Antonio. Bloody plays if he yeah. went there. It was him, wasn't it? And it's like, I, and you know, he just, and it was, it was exciting to have a player like him. Uh, my, my granddad, God, God rest his soul. He, his eyesight was going, and. uh and so he loved Trevor Sinclair. But so anything that was done well by a black player in a West Ham shirt was Trevor Sinclair. Oh, bloody good player, Trevor. You know, it was like, in my opinion, I don't know, Shaka Hislop in goal. But there was always Sinclair because he loved, and it was so true. I loved the man. I think yeah. he's a lovely guy. And yeah. um, and, and he always, he said, no one else is a bad word against him, which is always and, great. And when you look, if you look through West Ham's top 100 goals, there's probably a couple of Trevor Sinclairs in there. You know, I remember the, the volley against Charlton on Boxing yeah. Day. Uh, was it Derby, the scissor kick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we beat Tottenham and it, that put a second in the table that day when he scored the the winner, you know, beat, we beat Tottenham 2-1. And yeah, he was just... Um, and, and also with, with Trevor Sinclair as well, I, re I remember got good memories from Chad Weef going down there as a fan. And he was always one of these players that would stop and talk to you. Yeah. You know, make you feel he could see you was only a 13 14 year old you know you we're your heroes but he'd make a point of it you know and yeah. he, was, he was such a great bloke and um he's a great player as i said i think he's a little bit underrated sometimes yeah. no i get that i get that no, i agree right trev's in trev's in who's next who's next right. go on carry on right in the center i've gone yep. for isle berkovich oh, um yeah one of the reasons why I went for Al Berkovich because I think it was it was the first time me supporting West Ham that I see a player like that, someone that wanted to get the ball on the floor and take people on and create things. And could you imagine if he was in today's game? I, I'd probably say if I was to a bit like David Silva, mm, you know, yeah. the way he plays, you know, and I was such. And it, you look at the money we paid for some of these players. I mean, we got him from Southampton yeah. for about what was it, one and a half million. Another Harry Redknapp still, and he turned. He was such a good player as well. He just, as I said, he liked to get the ball on the floor. He liked to create things. He used to like. He used to play like he had uh, wing mirrors on. He yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you mean. Him and he he's turning away before they're even near him. And I love players like that. You you see from the rest of the players I've got coming in that I love players like that. Little flair players, players that ain't afraid to try things. Yeah. I'll never sort of criticise. I'd rather a player try something than not. Yeah. You know, it's always easy to play that simple ball, but yeah. go for it, you know, take someone on, you know, get the crowd up. And when you had a small Upton Park, like packed Upton Park, and our Berkeley to take two or three players on, we could be one nil down against United and that gets everyone off their feet. And, you know, mm. that's what drives us on to get results. Oh, you're totally right. And I, and I think he was, you know, I don't think there was any coincidence that we signed Berkovich and then next season John Artson was second top goal scorer in the league uh, and you go back and looking at how many and you know when I've interviewed John and you've interviewed him as well you know talking about his relationship with Berkovich yeah obviously they had, they had what they had uh, on the training ground but apart from that 
it was you know he he credited loads of his goals to him because it was and you saw in the in the season reviews these little sort of through balls he would just ping like pings them in it and people just get onto it it's it's like what we're crying out for at the moment isn't it we want we want that sort of bit of creativity in sort of the middle of the park and and uh oh he would be in a top four team as you said yeah. like david silver like today in today's money that's for sure i think the closest we've had to him at west ham since him would i probably say probably yossi ben Ayun. yeah 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 S- similar players but berkovich was was a was better in my opinion yeah no, I totally agree, and it's. It, it, I mean, it was great to see him play, and um, and you're right. He was he was that first type of, also that first type of sort of foreign based player as well, yeah. wasn't it? Sort of for our era, um, and yeah, he was just magic. And he, he was one. Of, he's, he was one of Harry's better finds. Let's just yeah. say, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he did. He did well, uh, but that was that's two of them. He had Sinclair as well. Yeah, right. Okay, so we had Sinclair. With Berkovic, who's next? Right, next uh, to play in the middle with uh, with Berkovic, I've gone for probably probably the best technical player I've ever seen play for West Ham, and I'm talking about a, a very young Joe Cole. Yeah. Um, honestly, I remember seeing him playing youth games, and I remember I used to see grown men standing around me saying, "Oh, that boy's got something." That yeah, boy. Yeah. And I remember I used to go to reserve games and you'd see Harry and Frank in the, like Frank Lambert Senior in the stands. You could see them getting excited. And I'll never forget that Youth Cup final at Upton Park when we played yeah. Coventry. And I've never seen anyone do, probably like watching Gaza for England, yeah. you know, but to see someone at West Ham so young, so confident doing it. And not only that, you used to go to Chad Weef and you used to see him play, training with the first team and he'd leave them on their ass. Yeah. They couldn't get near him and it was frightening how good he was and and i used to see the canio stay behind after training and t- stay out with joe cole and they'd be out for an extra 45 minutes an hour after and he'll be drilling joe cole because he knew how good joe cole was you know everyone at that time knew how joe cole was and even during our relegation battle on the road he was captain so much pressure on his shoulders he was still you know, trying things. And and as I said about Berkovich, I love players that, that ain't afraid to try something. And some of the, you used to watch Soccer AM when they used to do the, um, the skill oh, the show, showboat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was 90% of it. Yeah. Honestly, it was frightening how good he was. And it's such a shame um, that his career didn't, I mean, he had a great career. Don't get me wrong. He won Premier League titles in that, but he could have, yeah, if, maybe if he'd have gone to, so if he'd have left West Ham, if he'd have gone to a Man United instead of a Chelsea, I think he would have won a lot more. Mm. And obviously for England, he got played out of position because they tried to fit too many into uh, the England midfield. And he sort of, a bit like Paul Scholes, just got chucked out on the left. But now for me, Joe Cole was honestly, technically, technically the best player I've ever seen play for West Ham. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And you're right. It's almost like, I'm. I like to remember Joe Cole, as you said, when coming into the first team from the youth, from the obviously that youth cup winning team, and he had no fear, and he was doing those three sixes on the ball, and he was a free roll. I mean, that the the expression free roll you don't get anymore now. It's all everything. He's so well drilled, but he would be one of those players you could just give him the free roll, and he would have just he would have just like flourished even more. And you're right. He's almost like he Chelsea sort of drilled into him, this little left side and England played him on the left. And you're right. I think another club 
he would have sort of even if he stayed at West Ham, you know, I think we would have yeah. played that free role and or just off the strikers, and uh, he would have been in the same breath as as you know the greats. And I honestly believe that, and the same with Rio as well. I think Rio got that sort of ball playing side drummed out of him when he was at Man United, and yeah. again. If he didn't, if he had that sort of te- still had that sort of ability, not ability, but coming out like he would do and sort of nutmeg a defender and stuff like that, he'd be in the same echelons as Maldini and Baresi and people like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. but um, yeah, Joe Cole, who's next? Who we got next? Right on the left side, um, I might, I might get a few uh, people, but I'm gonna go for Dimitri Payet. Yeah, now, I'm gonna talk about Dimitri, Payet. I'm gonna forget what's gone on. You know, he, since he left the club, I'm going to talk about Dimitri Payet in that season at the bowling. Now, the pre-season, we knew what was coming. It was a yeah. special, going to be a special season. Last season at the bowling, whatever happened, we needed someone special that season. Yeah. And whoever's gone on, we was gifted Dimitri Payet. Oh, definitely. Honestly, this, as I said earlier about that season, Mark Noble, he raised his game. Every player on that pitch raised their game when yeah. Dimitri Payet was on that pitch because they knew how good he was and yes he was too good for West Ham you know but honestly I used to I used to I'm so excited to turn up to a game home or away when Dimitri Payet was playing because I knew something was going to happen that day you're right yeah yeah, exactly right the Crystal Palace free kick at home and the way he bent that in the top corner the the free kick at Old Trafford you know um Blackburn away in the FA Cup you know so many great memories that season of and Dimitri Payet was. I mean, do you remember when we won three 0 at Anfield and he's he's um, turning Coutinho like Coutinho was meant to be like the one of the best players in the world. Yeah, Payet brought the best out of Lanzini. He brought the he best did. out of Sacco, Mark Noble. You know the back four were comfortable because as soon as they get that ball, they know give it to Dimitri. And it sh- it showed you how important he was that season and how good he was was when he made his comeback. And the whole ground stood when he come on. And you could oh, see yeah. it in his face, how emotional he was getting. And I think, listen, I, I, I can't speak for Dimitri Payet. I can't. But I think there is some sort of regret of him leaving West Ham. Mm. You know, I, I, I feel like he was let down a bit by the board. You know, he was promised this, that and the other. And we, we signed players that weren't up to his level. But that season, at the last season at the bowling, whatever went on with Dimitri Payet, he was unreal for us. And I remember that in the Euros, when he went out there with France, you know, and he put West Ham on the world map, mm. you know, people were looking at Dimitri Payet and they were thinking of West Ham. And you see how emotional Slavin Bilic was getting. He was like a proud father sitting in that studio. Um, that's one thing I don't like about Payet, that he hurt Bilic, you know, yeah. he broke Bilic. Yeah. You know, we was all gutted, but Bilic, it really affected him. And I think that obviously in the long run cost him his job. But, that season, the last season at the bowling, as I said, we needed someone special, and we was we were gifted Dimitri Payet. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, the stars just aligned, didn't they? It doesn't mm. happen very often at West Ham, but the stars aligned. The right player, the right time, the right manager, the right relationship between the manager and the player. Um, and you're right; he just was. It, it, it's not much more to say, to be honest. It was like it was, you know. I I think for me. You said Joe Cole, from my opinion, for me, Pyatt was probably technically the best player I've seen. Mm. Um, and that's the great thing, everyone has opinions. But, you know, it was, it was, he, he, it was an honour to watch him in, in the West Ham shirt. He, you know, everyone, 
even Andy Carroll played more than 30 games that season. That's how excited they was to play with Pyatt. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they, yeah. He didn't even want to get injured. He wanted to play with Pyatt. <laughs> it, was a joy, it was a joy to turn up. You know, everyone that season, you know, going to the ground, you know, excited to see Pyatt. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. kids with Pyatt on the back of their shirt. And, you know, he was a hero. And he it's was, such yeah. a shame the way it ended for him at West Ham. But yeah. when I look back at the memories of Dimitri Pyatt, you know, we, we went so close that season. You know, we was a f few better results and that season could have been a lot better. We could, you know, we could have been in the Champions League and won the FA Cup. Yeah. You yeah. Know, even just winning the FA Cup would have been, would have been massive. But no, Dimitri Payet for me, he, he I can't leave him out. You know, no. I, there's a, yeah. there's loads of players in here that I've left out that, that are real heroes of mine that could have got into this team. But Payet for me, he has to get in. I can't leave Pyatt out. No, to absolutely, totally. I get that. All right, Pyatt's in. Let's go. Let's go up front. Let's go with the two goal getters. Who, who are we going to have? All right. The first one, I'm going to go for Paolo Di Canio. I'll tell you what, Berkovic, Joe Cole, Pyatt and Di Canio. In the <laughs> there's some fair in there. It'll be first on match of the day, that's for sure. Oh, there's some goal. There's, whoever plays up front with uh, Di Canio is going to get some uh, chances, I tell you. But... Oh, no. please be Elan. <laughs> well, I could put Mido, and Mido would look like Messi in this team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But no, Paolo Di Canio, I mean, what, can you, what can't you say about Paolo? Oh, you know, I remember when we signed him. I mean, could you imagine if social media would have been around in them days when we signed Paolo? Like, oh, what are you doing, Harry? He's a nutter. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, he's a, he was an absolute genius, wasn't he? Absolute genius. Just like Payet, Berkovic, Joe Cole, you know, these are the sort of players that get you on the edge of your seat, excited. But Di Canio had that Italian fire in him. Yeah. You know, he he would he'd swear and he'd do anything. He'd kick someone off the ball. But that's what we loved at West Ham, you yeah. know. And it was, as I say, it's an honour to see all these players playing the West Ham shirt. But he, was, he is probably the best player I've seen play at West Ham. Pyatt, Pyatt was, people could say Pyatt was technically better than that, but Parlo for me would always be over Pyatt because Parlo was just Parlo. And I loved his attitude. I loved loved his fire. I loved yeah. his hunger. He wanted to win. You know, even in training sessions, he wanted to win. Yeah. He don't want to be on the losing team. And um, it was, it's, you know, it was a, I used to sit there sometimes. I used to watch him do things and think, this is a joke. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm getting embarrassed for the other team here. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember him when we beat Arsenal at home, and they had that famous back four, and he had Keown and Adams oh, sent yeah, back. Yeah, he, he was turning them inside out, you know. Yeah. And we didn't beat Arsenal a lot, especially back in them days. And to get a win over Arsenal at that time was massive. And I just remember it wasn't only that; it was a great team spirit we had. That yeah. you know, you had proper characters like John Moncur, Razor Ruddock, you know, Sinclair. Players like that, you know, we had a great team spirit, and Paolo Di Canio was a genius. That's how yeah. I could, that's what I can no, say. No, it was, and, and and I and I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've said that Payet is technically the best player, but Paolo Di Canio was the best player because mm. you've got the technical ability, tick. But as you said, there's passion, there was entertainment. You know, we, you know, as you said, it's we're never going to win the league. We know that. Yeah, that's it's not we don't go into every season thinking this year is going to be our year. It ain't, it ain't. But it's those peaks, it's those turning over Chelsea's and 
uh, you know, the Arsenal games. And that's what we live for as a West Ham fan. And I'm sure, and, I'm sure Parlo would have had the chances. There, He was linked with Man United, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. You know, he probably could have left West Ham, but yeah. he knew he was loved. And remember when we got relegated, you know, tears in his eyes, you know, he, he didn't want to leave the football club. No. Um, but like, he was he was an absolute genius, honestly. Yeah. I can't. I can't speak highly enough of him. And we we was lucky enough to um, interview him on our channel. Yeah. Uh, bearing in mind it was cut short, uh, by but it was just sitting in that room with him. You can just the class of the man. You know the the, the tight Italian suit. You know, yeah. smelt like you know. You're just thinking, I want to be Parlo. I love Parlo. You go yeah. from Julian Dix to skinhead, the rough, give you everything. Yeah, yeah, one side to the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fiery Italian and I remember when he first signed for West Ham I remember his debut Wimbledon away and we, he had that all white kit on with white boots and he come on and straight away got clattered and he's just mud everywhere and I, I think West Ham fans just loved him from day one and they still love him now they still sing his name now even though he's not um, working for the club or anything he'll always be a, a legend at West Ham yeah yeah and uh, and, he, and he just got West Ham didn't he got the fans I mean the, you know the guy's the guy's fucking inked himself for us you know he's, he's got, got West Ham that's more than I've got you know although I'm, you know I'm highly I'm highly scared of needles that's more than <laughs> okay <laughs> I could put a, a Crayola on there do a bit of Sharpie but no um, I just think yeah he's I'm, I'm with you you know he he is the best player I saw and it's part of that era when you'd go to the game excited because anything could happen yeah in it so how many times you know I don't know you turn up for Saturday we're playing Bradford City oh god but then you got the you got that game which we still talk about 20 years later and yeah. and that happened and you know that something with that happened with every game with it's a Paolo or it was like a soap opera weren't it you'd have even even in the FA Cup when we went up yeah. to United that day and you're thinking you know Paolo never never plays up north and you yeah. see him in the starting lineup you're thinking hang on a minute we might we might get saying here today and he goes through and in a only De Canio could score a goal like that Bartes putting his hand up De Canio still puts it in you know yeah. celebrates in front of the fans nine thousand of us there that day and you know their memories that you can, you can never take away from us fans. We'll always remember them sort of games. And Paolo, as I said, absolute genius. It was an absolute pleasure to see him play for West Ham. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Right, De Canio's in. We've got one more spot for the Archer eleven. Well, Who's gonna be? I've got so much flair in that midfield. Sinclair, Berkowitz, Joe Cole, Pyatt, De Canio up top. I need a I need a big man. I need a hard man. So I've gone with Super Johnny Artson. Um, this was a tough one for me because. Dean Ashton was very close to getting in. Yeah. You know, I love Dean Ashton, but I'm going to go for John Artson because, as I said, he, the goals he scored for us was so important. That When we signed him and Kitson at that time, yeah. you know, he them two got us out of relegation. It was the season after that where I think he got like 24, 25 goals for West Ham. And, and, he linked up with players like Berkovic and Sinclair and things like that. And he, honestly, he was just, I remember his day at home debut for West Ham, Tottenham, when we yeah. beat him 4 3. And the way he just bullied Sol Campbell, you know, yeah. he, you know, he, he was big and strong that day. And no one could, no one could beat him in the air. You know, he was, he, and do you know what? When people think of John Artson, people think of, oh, headed goals and things. He scored some good goals for West Ham. You know, he he brought so many players into play. You know, he was. I wish that 
because the two I've got there, Takano and Hartson, Hartson left, Takano joined. Yeah. I wish that them two would have played together because yeah. I'm telling you now, that season, Hartson would have got 40 goals. Yeah, no, totally. No, and you're right. And he talked about, when I interviewed I talked to him about that, that sort of debut game. And, and he said, you know, he, he knew he had Campbell in his pocket. He bullied him every time he played Tottenham, played Arsenal, and he knew he got him. And he said, I knew I was going to, if I, and when that ball came in, I said, right, I'm scoring now. No, no two thought, I'm going to score this goal, and I'm putting Sol Campbell on his ass at the same time. And he did it, and he says, and then I remember saying, I remember, I think it was my agent or someone said, yeah, if you score, the fans will love you, but, you know, kiss the badge, go crazy. And I just did, I kissed the badge, ran into the corner, and I said, well, you know, that was it then, you know, you was, you was a West Ham. It's a lot, it's funny how many people score their own, their debut goal, you know, against Tottenham, you know, Cotty did it on his debut, and, and people like that, and uh, no, yeah. And he's a lovely guy as well, isn't he? I mean, you've interviewed him, you've interviewed yeah, him as well. well Love I, him. When we first started doing this channel, I was lucky enough to do a, a, a sit-down interview with him. But since then, you know, I remember going Swansea away. when um, It was a Sunday game. We drew nil-nil. Yeah. And I remember messaging John Artson on Twitter and saying, oh, look, you have you got five minutes for a quick interview? And uh, he messaged back. He said, yeah, come round to the press bit. He took us in. And I, I interviewed him there, done a fan cam with John Artson. Literally... Now you've got Slavin Bilic having his press conference thing, and I'm in the corner, like um, talking to, to John Artson. And even at the Palo de Canio night last uh, last year, John Artson was part of that, and we got to sit down and do another interview with him again, just talk about like the current West Ham. And but John's always been great. Every time um, if I've messaged John Artson about something, it come back to me straight away. Yeah. He's you know he's a, he's a absolute lovely bloke. Oh, you know? brilliant, brilliant, lovely yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a he's a, great, he's a great bloke, and and the things he's been through in in oh, his life, you know, yeah. he's got a different view on life now. And um, you know, you got to remember when he signed for West Ham, he was our, he was our record signing at the time, yeah. wasn't he? Like five no million like that. And him and Kitson, that partnership that they they hit up straight away kept us up there. They they were the good old days when you could sign someone any time of the season. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You didn't have transfer windows back then, but uh, it was great. It was great um, memories uh, of John Artson and. Yeah, I mean, looking at that team now, if that if that team was playing today or in their prime, we'd definitely be at the right end of the table, I tell you. No worries at all. No worries at all. No, you're, you're totally right. And uh, yeah, um, I, I totally agree with everything you said about Johnny Arson. I mean, when we when we did my, did my interview with him, it, yeah. I think we had we spoke for about an hour before and about an hour afterwards. Yeah. And it was like, oh, sorry, John, we got, can we actually do the intro? Can we record some of this now? It's like, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry. He, he, he loves he loves football and he loves loves football. He gave me two elevens. He gave me two elevens. He said, yeah. like, "I'll do you better than one. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you my all time West Ham eleven and my playing eleven." And I was like, "Oh wow. yeah. my!" Okay. I mean, I could have put two teams out. And, uh, oh, easy. One, uh, easy. You know, James Collins. You know, yeah. I, I, I was. It was between him and sort of Potsy, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh no, I love Ginger Pele, but." I love Potsy. It's so hard to, to get eleven players on the on the same team sheet, but no, I think I, I'm happy with that team. I'm yeah. um, I'm pr- proud of that team. Um, mainly, if, I don't know if you do you pick best managers or like that, but I'd, I'd love see that team there. I'd, my favourite manager for West Ham is is Harry Redknapp. That's for personal reasons because I remember how he treated us as kids at the training ground. You know, yeah. made us feel welcome. Um, 
you know, he used to let us go in the, in the training ground, into the changing rooms, into the cafeteria. And I'll never forget that. And I, I've been lucky enough to speak to Harry a few times. Um, I've never got him on our channel, um, but I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, you know, he's um, he's, he's, my, he's, my, he's brilliant. He's my, he was my biggest interview. So it's like thousand <laughs> views, which is which is immense. No, I know what you mean. He's amazing. And and that that whole, as I said, that era was my favourite time at West Ham. Yeah, same as me. Same it was, as me. It was a soap opera, wasn't it? You, you mm. had like you had the the story of of the young kids coming through. You know, this this academy of six six like amazing players, five or six. You know, put like, these incredible players. When you got your Italians, you've got you know you got uh, you turn up and you've got a random foreigner <laughs> like, who's this bloke and there's like all the stories and that's what we loved about it and that's why it was fun and anything could happen and we, you know we it weren't just that we were right you know i mean harry was in charge for seven years yeah. you know that's incredible nowadays you know if you get three years out of a manager you've done well um and uh and yeah no he's a lovely guy and and that wraps off up the team nicely uh, right, really does, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Absolute no, pleasure. I've really enjoyed it, mate. It's nice to, as you say, it's nice to look back on. on yeah. Them. You start re you start remembering things as you're talking about them, and yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's great. You know, look, West Ham at the moment. Uh, you know what's going on and off the pitch as well. It's not always a great place, but when you when you sit down, even if it was me and you not doing this on YouTube, sitting in a pub talking about it, you know, That's we'd so still cool. have the same. Yeah. We'd probably be a bit more pissed, but. <laughs> A few He's more there. F's and Jeff's, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah I'll, I'll try to keep swearing down a bit. Yeah, yeah me too. And that's the thing. That's the whole idea of it. It's just like to. That's why people like listening to it because it is like they they don't get that pub talk, and it is the type of thing you'd get a beer mat and start writing your team down on the back of a beer mat, and someone else would, and you'd have a row. And that's why I like doing the live ones because people come in chipping, and you're right. When you start chatting, I mean, I was chatting. It was I, I was chatting to someone the other day. We were talking about the, the Allardyce years and. I was talking about Papa Boopa Diop and Abdullah Faye. And it's like, where the fuck do these players come from? But no, it's you brilliant, man. You forget about them sort of players, didn't you? You forget. Uh, and but you, you, we lived through all of that. You know, yeah. we lived through that sort of, where we just got these huge sort of centre-backs and, and athletic sort of defensive midfield players and yeah, sort of the Allardyce sort of mould yeah. of player. But It's um, actually been nice and refreshing to sit here tonight and not talk about the current team. And, that's and what you guys do. You guys do it really well. I'm, you know, that's the idea. You do yeah. all the I do nostalgia. You do all the all the topical stuff, and and you yeah. guys do it fantastically well. It's, it's and you just nice to sit here and and as I said, talk about memories and these ex players and and every single player that I've said tonight. It's been an absolute honour and a privilege to watch them play for my club. You know, whatever they've gone on to do at other clubs. You know, some of these like Rio, they started at West Ham. You know, and. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's an honour. And, um, yeah, I'm looking at that midfield again. I'm thinking, I don't think I could go any better than that midfield. I'd like to have put John Moncur in there. I was going to message you and say, can I have a 20-man team? <laughs> he's, I, he's, he's, I love him as well. I love John. He was my, he was yeah. my idol. See, and that's the people I get tongue-tied with when i interview people like that and pete butler you know pete butler was the first football player i ever met it was a, a junior hammers birthday party when they used to used to do their little um parties next door to the ground in the old school and you'd get like you know you pay like you know you buy like 10 10 spaces uh for you and your mates and a player would turn up it's like you know pete butler he just played against leeds the day before or something like Tony, that. Like, i was I was going to slap myself for not putting Tony Cotty in there because yeah. Tony Cotty, for me, he was the first player I ever see score live and he was the first yeah. player I ever met. I remember him coming to my school and I was only like a little kid and I'm thinking, that's Tony Cotty. He's a West Ham player. Like, yeah, um, yeah it's, um, 
No, it's been it's great. Been, I've, um, yeah, it's been great, man. Obviously, there's been loads of good, loads of comments and stuff. Appreciate everyone's comments and watching. And for those of you who are watching, obviously, afterwards, please like, share, subscribe. And obviously, you're probably already watching, subscribing to these. Got no, these, these, what's it? No, this, no, that's it. This guy, that guy. <laughs> You know, can't do it uh, on the uh, West Ham fan TV, and I've Nicky's been on, I've seen him, he's joined and stuff. So, um, obviously, watch all the watch along stuff and mind us, you know, the Friday night pints and stuff like that. It's all great, all great stuff. As always, one, one, um, one quick story, uh, about a player I interviewed, uh, yeah. probably one of the funniest interviews I've done was Razor Ruddock. Yeah, and I'll never forget it. We was just about to film. I was sitting there, I was talking to him. He went, can I swear? I went, yeah, of course you can. I said, like, it's a fan channel. It's to say what you want. Yeah. And then literally he looked at me and uh, Dan, the cameraman, uh, he was doing the camera work and getting it ready. And I was setting up the audio and Razor looked at me and he's gone like, you ready? I went, yeah, yeah. Literally, he's gone, right, Dan's going five, four. Literally got to two. Razor's grabbed my bollocks and squeezed them like that. And if you look at the start of that interview, my face is red. And I'm like, hello, everyone. Welcome to West Ham Fan oh, I love it. Uh, oh, Razor was crackers, but he's, oh. he's, he's another top bloke. Another top yeah. bloke. Yeah, he was the last player in the back of my shirt. That's very I, bet, I remember for the training ground, like when he gave me and two of my mates a lift to this train station because it was pissing down the rain. And we're like, oh, Razor, Razor take us to Canning Town, like drop us off there, like drop us to my school. Like, I'm bunking off school. Like now I want him to like drive in the gates and, and drop <laughs> me off in front of me mates. But he was going like, nah, I ain't driving that shit all. <laughs> but like, he, he was a great bloke. Great bloke. Lovely guy. Um, and, and thank you, Ryan. Really appreciate your time, man. And obviously thank no, you. Thank you. Um, and, and until next time from me and Ryan, take care, stay safe and come on your irons. Big game tomorrow. Come, come on, on. Come, Come on, on, you irons. Yeah. See you later, everyone. Take care. Love you. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.